Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, we're going to jump into the Word tonight. Merry Christmas, by the way. Merry Christmas. You can go ahead and say it. Merry I know you started to say it and I cut you off, so I'm sorry. I have a tendency to do that. I'm an over-talker. Sometimes my wife will go, honey, you need to wait, wait, wait until I'm done talking, right? And so some of you uh, over-blessed communicators out there, it's like you already know what she's going to say before she says it, so you just start saying it. Tip for the married men in the room, just be quiet. Just shut up. That's all you got to do. But Merry Christmas to you and happy birthday, Jesus, right? He's the reason why we're here. Uh, for those of you uh, that have been coming to Authentic Church, my gift to you tonight is a very short message, okay? <laughs> for those of you that are new, it may not feel short to you, but I promise you, for the rest of us in the room, it'll be a short message tonight. Uh, but you know, Jesus is not just a good man, he's the God man. And we gather together and celebrate tonight, and we're gathered with billions of people all around the world. Think of that. Billions of people all around the world tonight are doing what you and I are doing, and they're singing Christmas carols, which, by the way, in their heyday, these were the worship songs of worship songs, right? This was like Bethel Hill song, Maverick City rolled into one, you know, singing all these different Christmas carols, right? This is the worship. And so we gather together with billions all around the world to worship him. He is king, he is savior, and he is Lord, and he's worthy. He's not just some baby that we adore and we think is cute in a manger scene on our nativity set, okay? He is a savior that's worthy of our worship, and we think that he is somebody, someone to get pretty excited about, and we're just glad that you're joining with us tonight, and I pray that the King of Kings that came 2,000 years ago comes fresh into our lives today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, it was back uh, in 1906. It was Christmas Eve, 1906, in this little town outside of Boston, and there was a guy there that was working on an invention. It was a special invention that had never been uh, made before. And uh, it's Christmas Eve, 1906, and he's utilizing what in that day was the most prolific iPhone. It was Morse code. And if any, has anybody ever used Morse code? You ever done that? Maybe on a walkie-talkie, it's like beep, 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 beep. And so this guy, on December 24th, 1906, he sends out this Morse code message to everybody that could hear that was within shouting distance of their Morse code devices, which included ships in the harbor and ships at sea. And he said, be listening, there's a special message that's about to come through. And so everybody's gathering around and they're listening best they can to hear this message that came through. And on that night, they heard something they'd never heard before. It was a marvel in science. Uh, Up until that time, they'd never seen or heard something like they were about to hear. And it was the sound of a human voice through those headphones. At that time, they heard a voice come through the radio. And that was a first And on that incredible night, it seemed only fitting that the first words ever spoken across the airwaves was the Christmas story out of Luke chapter 2. And so I would love to read this as a community of faith tonight. And maybe you've read this story a bunch of times. If you've been in church a while, you've read it probably dozens of times. 
But I pray that you would read it, and as we read it together, that you would see something you never saw before and hear something we never heard before. Let's pray, and then we'll get into the Word. God, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're alive. Thank you that you're here. Thank you that you're with us today. God, I thank you for your Word, that it's a light into our feet. And Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would come and breathe fresh again on this holy, sacred text as we read it this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to begin reading. We're going to read verses 1 through 20, and then I have just a few thoughts that I'm going to share, and then we're going to close out tonight with a beautiful uh, lighting of the candles. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee. Kids in the room, who's Joseph? Does anybody know whose dad Joseph is? Jesus' dad, one person. Good job, Lacey, you're incredible. <laughs> That's right. I'm trying to engage the kids because this is a family service, right? I don't, I don't speak in kids' ministry every single week. So Joseph goes up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. That's King David. And he was going to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, betrothed is another word for engaged, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn Son, which tells you that Jesus had some other siblings. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid." Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as was told them. This is the greatest story ever told because it's a true story. This moment of time where Jesus came to the earth split time into two. 
all around the world, whether you're living in the United States of America, Brazil, Uruguay, Venezuela, China, Japan, Korea, or Israel. Tonight, it's December 24th, 2021, because they mark time by the birth and the life of Jesus. Anywhere you look in history, people will talk about it, and they'll say, well, before Christ. It was so many years before Christ. And then they say, and since Christ, then it's, it's A.D., which we learned last week is not after death, right? A.D. means Anno Domini, which is Latin. It means in the year of our Lord. So right now, we're celebrating in the year of our Lord, 2021. And here in a week and a half, which I can't even believe it, it'll be 2022. And all the world will celebrate and all of my neighbors will shoot off their fireworks and blow up my house on account of it being 2022 in the year of our Lord. He split time in two. This was not just a man. There's been a lot of good people. A lot of people have done some great things in this world. I think we'd all agree. There's been some people that have done some pretty dynamic, amazing things. There's people that have won incredible Nobel Prizes for their work and what they've given and attributed to society. But no person has ever done what Jesus did. His, his life, his death, the coming Messiah, it was prosperous prophesied in the sacred text three, over 300 times in the Old Testament. Over 300 times. Prophecies that said that he would be born of a virgin. Prophecies that said he would be born in Bethlehem. That he would live for a season in Egypt. There's even a prophecy hundreds of years before it happened that said that he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Not 29, not 31. For 30 pieces of silver. There's a scripture that supports that in the Old Testament that is of the holy writings to the Jewish people. And it talks about the coming Messiah. And it tells about what he would do. No, this was not just a good man. This is our God. He is Christ. He is Lord. He is Savior. He is King of kings. And he's worthy to be worshipped. The first point that I want to grab tonight and encourage us with is, albeit difficult sometime, as we see in the story of Mary and Joseph going to this horrific census when she's Nine months pregnant is God's timing is perfect. It doesn't always feel good, but if you're taking notes tonight, the first point would be God's timing is perfect. And by the way, for those of you that have kids, I got five of them and two grandbabies, so I don't care if they're loud or screaming. I'd rather have your loud kids in church than you home, so I'm glad that they're here tonight. In fact, Jesus, Jesus, said, Jesus said, let the kids come unto me. He'd bring the kids. His disciples were like, oh, gosh, get the kids away. We have to have a church service. Jesus is like, we're, we're doing just fine. Let the kids come to me. So, parents, we're doing just fine. You're doing awesome. You made it to church. I mean, blow out diapers and all. You made it to church, parents, you know. God's timing is perfect. It doesn't always feel perfect when it's happening, but God's timing is perfect. If you could understand the future from the present, you would have a different perspective on the present. I think we would all agree that there's some things that we've gone through in our past that we didn't understand at the time that now make sense in our present, right? Ever gone through anything in life and you've, it just felt like it was the end of the world? It was the end of the world in that relationship in high school and it just left you heartbroken. It felt like the end of the world, but then you look back and you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus, that you ended that relationship, right? There's things in your past, you have a different perspective now. When we read the Christmas story, we all know the end. 
So we can read it and put Jesus in the little hay manger on our nativity scene at our house, and it's fun. It wasn't so fun to Mary and Joseph back then. Let me give you a little bit of the backstory of Mary and Joseph's life. They were uh, most likely teenagers. Um, most people believe that Mary would have been anywhere from 13 to 15-year-old. How many 13, 15-year-old girls do we have here? Just raise your hand. 13 to 15-year-old girls. How many of you are ready to, to raise God as your child? <laughs> right? <laughs> so here she was, grew up in a small town where everybody knew each other. Maybe, maybe a couple hundred people. few groups of families. Everybody knew each other. And then she has a, a high school sweetheart. And his name is Joseph. And he sees her, and she not only caught his eye, ooh, she caught his heart. And Joseph asks for a hand in marriage, and before he can ask her, he goes to Mary's father and asks him, can I marry your daughter? And they start this engagement process. So they're engaged, and they're going through life, and I'm guessing the wedding has already been planned. Invitations have gone out in the mail. The videographer and the photographers have already been hired, all right? It's all, they're already, okay? And then Mary has a visitation. She says that you're going to conceive a child, and it's from God. I mean, that's kind of like a mic drop moment, right? It's, uh, what? And not only does she receive that news, but then she has to go and deliver that news to Joseph. And Joseph hears this news as a young man. He grew up with her. Their families were probably friends. And she comes and says, honey, I love you, but I have something really, really big I need to tell you. And this, this may hurt a little bit, but I want you to know I'm, what I'm about to tell you is honest. It's the honest to God's truth. I'm pregnant. Whew. Suddenly, Joseph is staring at his high school sweetheart, and she's pregnant with somebody else's baby. And he's like, what am I going to do? So he makes this decision that he's going to divorce her quietly because he loves her. He cares for her. Joseph is an honorable man. He's a blue-collar worker, hard-working guy. He's mixed or fix it. He's a carpenter. They worked with stone and did some woodworking back then. And he decides, I'm going to do this quietly because I don't want to hurt her. She could literally be stoned to death because of what's happening right now. And I, he's not fully buying the story. And an angel had to appear to him and to show him, Joseph, it's going to be okay. And so Joseph ends up breathing after his heart is like palpitating. And he has a moment and he's like, he heard from God. God gave him assurance that this was actually his child. And so although Joseph wasn't the father through his seed, he would be the adopted father and help to raise this baby boy. And so they go on this trek. It's a four-day journey. It'd be like uh, if, if any of you ladies have ever been pregnant in your ninth month, it'd be like me telling you, hey, you're going to have to walk uh, down past Tijuana uh, uh, about 20 miles, and then that's where you can go ahead and that's where the birthing center is, okay? Okay. <laughs> Any woman in here is like, well, I'm sorry, God, but he ain't going to be born in Bethlehem. He's going to be born right here in Nazareth, right? And so they take this journey, and they go. And it doesn't feel like the best timing, but God's timing is perfect. They never would have taken that journey unless a godless Caesar requested that there be a census taken. And the only reason that Caesar requested a census to be taken was because he wanted to raise the taxes. <laughs> so I found it kind of comical 
that as soon as God is coming onto the scene, the government wants to tax him, you know. It's like, let me go. (laughs) First thing they do, Jesus shows up on the scene and his parents get taxed, you know. But then come the wise men, right, you know. So point number one, God's timing is perfect. Some of us, we get a vision for something and we want to give birth the same time we conceive the vision. God gives you a vision and it's conceived and it's growing and we just want to run out and do it and make it happen. But how many of you know if you conceive that before it's ready in time to give birth to it, then you'll have a malnourished child that could not stand life. There's a, there's a conception time, there is a waiting time, and there's a birthing time for your vision. And I felt like that was a word from God to somebody that's in this room tonight. So Mary and Joseph are here. And maybe you're sitting here today and you can relate to Mary as she's alone giving birth. Maybe you've come here tonight and you feel a little bit alone, a little bit ostracized. You know, if she went to go be registered and Joseph went to go be registered, how many know that Joseph had some brothers and sisters that probably also needed to be registered, right? And so they're all there, but we don't read about any of the family and friends at the birth. All we hear about are the two of them together. And the first visitors that we hear about are the shepherd boys that were keeping watch over their flocks, their own family wasn't there that we read about. I have good news for you. If you're here tonight and you feel alone, you found a spiritual family and authentic church. And maybe you're visiting and you're not from the area. That's cool. We love you from afar. But if you live in this area, we would love to love you close. We would love for you to join and be part of this and to see God transform your life and see you start and take part in a journey of faith. A journey of faith isn't like a one-time event like, you know, growing up, I, I, I don't know if anybody can relate, but I grew up Catholic. God bless all the Catholics in the room. My uncle uh, was actually an Catholic, Irish Catholic priest, okay? So long line of Irish Catholics. And, and we would go to, to service every, we'd go to Christmas Mass. And I think one time my dad even pulled us out and we did a midnight Mass. And, uh, and, and stayed awake for it, okay? And that's like, that's like brownie points, right? And so we stayed awake for Christmas Mass. And uh, if you're here tonight... Let it not be a one-time thing. God wants to do something in you that's going to be more than just one time. You know, my, my wife's parents, my in-laws are here in the front row. They're amazing, Phil and Becky Fowler. And uh, without them, I wouldn't have fun, and we all wouldn't be here. Uh, so, uh, so we're grateful for them and was talking to them. They've been married now for 50 years, and they were high school sweethearts. And I'm guessing mom and dad know each other a little bit better now than they did when they first met and when they first dated in high school. And that's the same with God. It's not like a one-time decision like, hey, I'm going to pray this prayer and I got my get-out-of-jail-free card so I know I'm going to heaven because it says in Romans that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I'm saved. No, no, no. God wants to do a work with you. He wants to work alongside of you. Jesus came into the world to be with you, to have a relationship with you, to help you, and he wants to bless your life. He wants to bless your life. Every other faith that's out there in the world is all about man trying to work their way to God. Christianity is about God coming to man and saying, hey, I'll take you just as you are. I'll take you just as you are. You don't have to do nothing. I love you so much that I've given my son to you And I'm going to walk with you through whatever you're going through. I want to walk with you. That's our God. That's the God we serve. So the second point that I want to pull out of the scripture tonight 
is Jesus' good news that brings great joy. It was good news that brought great joy. When those shepherds heard that, that was good news that gave them great joy. If you're sitting here tonight, there's enough bad news out there in the world. And as the world shuts down, I'm telling you, God's heavens are open over you and over his church. There's good news that brings great joy. And I, I want to pray tonight that you would be filled with joy. And if you need hope and if you need that invitation from God, I'm telling you, you came to a good place because he's given it to you tonight. It's no accident that you're sitting in church tonight, okay? And it's not just to come and sing some songs and hear a message and go home and eat. God wants to encounter you and he's giving you an invitation to draw closer to him tonight. Just as the shepherds were given an invitation, we're all given an invitation to come close to him. And point number three, and then I'm done, Jesus is God's gift to you, to you, to me, to your family, to your children, to your spouse, to your future spouse. Jesus is God's gift. He is a gift that God has given to each and every one of us. I'm going to read through a few scriptures tonight to remind you of that gift. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus is all you need. Sometimes you don't realize that he's all you need until he's all you got. When he's all you got, then you realize, wow, he's all that I really ever needed. 1 John 5, 11, God gave us eternal life, and this life is the son. God gave us his son. Isaiah 9, 6, which you've seen on probably at least a dozen Christmas cards that you've received this week. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, Jesus is walking with his disciples later on in life when he's in his 30s. And they're talking and they're saying all these things, man, there's a buzz all around about you. And he says, really, what are they saying? As if he doesn't know. <laughs> they say, man, some of them say you're a prophet. Some of them say you're a teacher. You're a great teacher. And he says to Peter, he says, Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter responds and he says, you're the Christ. You're the Christ. My question, the question that God and would ask of all of us tonight is, who do you say he is? Who would you say that he is? Who is he to you? Is he just a good man, a good teacher, a good moral guy to follow? Or would you say, no, 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 he is the Christ. He is unmistakably the Messiah. I'm going to ask uh, Justin and Kara to come up front as we get ready to close out tonight. We're going to light some candles. And we, uh, we have this flame that's lit that's up here at the stage. And this flame is actually originated from a candle in Bethlehem. So over the last few years, it's gone around the world. And a friend of mine received it 
and it's just one, one candle from Bethlehem that lit another candle, that lit another candle, that went to this place, to that place, that made its way across the ocean, over to America, it started on the East Coast, and one person after another just lit the candle and passed it along to somebody else. Tonight, Jesus is that light. He's the light of the world. And he's come and he wants to give light to your life. And there's a scripture that's found in John 12. And Jesus is speaking here in John 12, 46. And he says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. If you feel like maybe you've walked in a little bit of darkness, just doesn't seem as clear as it used to seem. Jesus is the light. Or maybe you feel like those ships at sea back in 1906 that heard that message come through. You're trying to make sense of the voice of God, but what used to sound clear and easy to follow and easy to understand, it's kind of maybe gotten a little muddy and you're having a hard time hearing. He wants to speak to you tonight. He wants to give you peace tonight. He wants to heal you if you need healing. He wants to break you free of addictions. Some of us, we hide our addictions really good. We hide that stuff that trips us up. And Jesus is here saying, hey, despite all the stuff that you have that trips you up, I still love you anyway. But I really want to carry that for you. I want to take that off of you. Because I know if I take that off of you, you're going to not just be able to walk, you're going to be able to run. And you're going to find so much more joy in life when you let this go. So we're going to light the candles tonight. And as we do, uh, parents, please be the ones that light the candles. <laughs> but as we do, I just want you to take a moment and reflect on it. Jesus is the light that came into the world 2,000 years ago. He was born in very interesting times, some very difficult circumstances. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross, got a death penalty that he did not deserve so that we could receive eternal life that we don't deserve. So Kara is going to lead us in this beautiful old hymn that was written back in the late 1800s. There was a church over in France and their, their organ broke. And they brought people in to, to fix the organ. And when they did, there was a poet that was the, the son of a, a pastor. And he got this inspiration as he played and he heard the beautiful notes coming through the organ. And he wrote this song, O Holy Night. And tonight really is a holy night. So I'm just going to pray for us. And then we're going to light the candles and sing this song. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the light of the world and you have come. And God, I just thank you for the honor and the privilege that it's been tonight to share from your word. And anybody that's here that needs to get right with you, God, I pray that they would pray a prayer that would begin the process, but Lord, that they would really, this time, in this moment, on this night, lay everything down and fully surrender to you 
and call on you as Savior, as King, as Lord, and worship you. And if you're here tonight and you need that forgiveness, you need that assurance that your eternity is secure, it's really simple. It's just asking Jesus into your life. And I'm going to pray a prayer, and you could just repeat it after me softly in your heart. But it says, with your mouth they confess that Jesus is Lord, and their heart they believe. So we're going to we're going to pray this with our mouths. We're going to pray this with our words. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for coming into my life. I ask you to come and fill me. Receive me again today, Lord, as I receive you. Forgive me of any sin that I've ever committed. Wipe it clean. God, I need you. I need a Savior. I need Jesus. So come into my life tonight. Set me free of everything that would hold me back. That I may run and live for you all the days of my life. And I will dwell in your house forever. In Jesus' name. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.